Hey everyone, Joe Soto here. We're going to talk about the three new persuasion rules for higher conversions in a jaded, stressed, freaked out, and fear-filled society with Joshua Boswell. Stay right with me. We'll be right back. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. Hey, Joshua Boswell's in the house. Welcome, Josh. Oh, baby. I love that music. I was rocking out to it, starting off. So we're, we're off on a good foot, man. It's called Joe, State good to see Management. you, buddy. State Management, good to see you. Last time I saw you, uh, meaning one-to-one, was yeah. back when you could actually go to events in person, hug and shake hands, <laughs> right. hug and shake hands without um, without any fear. We were yeah. in Dulles, Virginia, January yeah. 2020, and you came to my event, absolutely rocked the house, and uh, it's great to see you. Man, it's and uh, first of all, it was amazing to be there. You, incredible audience, and you rocked the house. You delivered on that event, so. And you've been doing so many great things ever since. It's just been fun to watch your growth. It's been like astronomical. It's really cool. Well, we're fortunate to have you here with us. For those of you who don't know Joshua Bothwell, he is a absolute marketing ninja. He is a copywriting expert. Um, he's helped hundreds of clients and hundreds of uh, thousands, I think, of copywriters uh, from around the world become better at what they do, find clients, build copywriting businesses. But you're doing much more than that. I know you've had... You have a lot of big name clients. You've helped companies like Sony and Google and St. Jude's and GM and Verizon and the list goes on. And um, really, you know, as one of the top persuasion and copywriters out there, um, we're blessed to have you on the show. And I'm excited to dive right into your um, three new rules. However, we also have something else in common. We met at an event and we were standing across I'll just tell, give everyone a little backstory here. <laughs> we were standing across from each other in the buffet line back when I didn't have to worry about what I eat because I didn't have braces. Yeah. And we were at a buffet line in Sundance, uh, beautiful Sundance. Um, and you, uh, I, we were talking about kids, our families. And uh, I, you know, I'm always like challenging people because I think I could have all more kids than them. And I'm like, I have nine children. And, I, and you're like, you have nine children? And you acted all surprised. And uh, which is typically the response I get. And you go, well, I have 11. I think you have, <laughs> you have 11, right? I, yeah, we have 11. Yep, my wife and I have 11. Between the two of us, uh, we have 20 children. This is absolutely um, unprecedented. I know the first interview ever where there was 20 children between two people. Um, so you also are a family man, um, blessed yeah. father, um, oh, and a terrific wife, Margie, which we've uh, yeah. gotten the chance to uh, know a few times. And uh, my wife and I are really uh, happy that we know you guys. So we're excited to have you here. I see Jerry's on here. He was at the live event. And so he remembers. Hey, he said, yes, you did, which means he he's commenting that you rocked the house. So yeah. let's dive into what the three new persuasion rules for higher conversions are. And we do have a really special free gift for everyone yeah, hang with us and hang tight. So let's go. Yeah. Let's get into this. Okay. So um, b- before I, I just have to, just a quick memory, you know, walk down memory lane. Remember when we went out to dinner when we were up in uh, um, Heber? The, up in that, yeah, uh, Midway. We were Midway. Midway. It was in Midway. 
And uh, we told our waitress that we had 20 children between the two of us. I thought the poor gal was going to completely pass out. It was uh, a <laughs> great fond memory. So yeah, good it, was stuff. it was good to be with you. So um, like Joe said, we do have something special for you at the end. Completely free gifts. I think it's going to blow your mind. And a lot of what I'm going to share with you, I'm, I got a little diagram here. I'm going to I'm going to build out for you here in just a minute. But to set the background, I, I want to tell an experience that I had. And as I've worked with lots of different clients and lots of different copywriters, by the way, the the actual number now is a little over thirty. We're, we're about pushing thirty one thousand copywriters that have gone through my system and training around the world. Wow. Um, so so I've got this. I only say that just because I've got this perspective of all these different people writing, working with, you know, different marketing agencies, different companies from literally all across the world, um, working with big companies, little companies, small companies. And in the last, you know, and maybe your guys have seen this, but what I've seen from my perspective is in the last mm, really two years, there has been a like a catastrophic shift in persuasion and persuasion tactics that work and that are effective and that are pulling results. I, so, so, so some of you guys may have, you know, had the experience of been like, oh, um, you know, we were doing, we were just crushing it with Facebook ads. And then all of a sudden, like costs went out the roof and things doubled or sponsored sent down. I've heard, I've talked to people who did the same thing with YouTube ads. Yeah. I heard the same conversations with all kinds of different content marketing strategies. And as I, and I've watched this, you know, huge shift and the results that people are getting, um, and, and particularly in 2020, it hit major hard because 2020 wasn't really like, oh, suddenly there's this pandemic and everyone around the world is submissive and freaking out and stressed and blah, 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 blah. Like this was really, there was build up to this, just like anything else, just like the Great Depression, just like anything that's ever gone on, there was build up to this. And, and so we saw, we saw a major culmination of the stress and the challenge and it, and it had a huge impact on persuasion. So here's my experience. Um, last year on one of my uh, personal ventures, one of the side things I was doing, not not I did some other big projects with some big companies and, and I could talk about those later on. But uh, one of the things we did in 2019 is I, I dumped about $100,000 into ads towards the beginning of the year, middle of the year. And what we saw was is that um, my so so we'll talk shop numbers for just a minute. But my my return on ad spend. Yeah. was about minus 12% oh, no. in the first seven days, right? So so I, I'm, I'm putting money in. Getting, period, getting it dialed in. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> getting it dialed in. That's exactly what I call it. I, I call it getting, a, you know, abysmally crushed, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, and then, and then after 30 days, mm. now I'm supposed to be the great copywriter, marketing guy, and, and I'm putting money into this project and I'm getting slaughtered. Like, and, and I don't know if any of you guys have been there. Maybe 2020 was like that for you, but I, but th there's a lot of carnage, man. There's a lot of uh, challenges. So anyway, I'm putting money into this and we're doing it. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to make this work. And, and nothing's working. And I'm banging my head against the wall, Joe, because the thing is, I'm using these same strategies and tactics and messaging points that I use. For, for example, uh, we we orchestrated a campaign for Corel that did just tens of millions of dollars, right? And I was like, I was like, this worked before. What is the problem, right? And uh, we, we did another major campaign. For, you had mentioned um, St. Jude's. We doubled the donation rate. So if you're in fundraising, you know that Hey, if you can go from like ten dollars an average donation to ten fifty, that's like mind. It's like wow, that really changes the numbers. And we implemented a number of things. We we're able to double the response rates, 
And so, you, you know, we, we just, I'm do, I did all these things for all these different companies and I'm doing the same stuff and it's not working, it's not working. and I'm banging my head against the wall. And yeah. so we, we analyzed it. We looked at the stats. We looked at the numbers. We looked at the target. We, we tore everything apart. And I realized it came down to one, and this will sound so lame and so cliche, but it turned out it boiled down to one very simple switch. And, and I want to introduce the switch to you. And inside the switch, there are three basic fundamentals of persuasion. Now, to be I'm honest with you, man, I'm taking notes. Okay. Okay. So these, these, <laughs> these fundamentals of persuasion, and by the way, if you want to, if you have any questions, you want to stop, like interrupt me, I'll just machine gun this. Cause I know I only got about a half hour and I want to get this as much value as I can to your guys here. So, so inside, inside here, there's three major components of persuasion, which I'll outline for you here in just a minute. And these are not new, but the difference is, and what's happened in our world today is where marketers, where copywriters, where companies, agencies have typically focused their attention has completely changed, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the reason is because our target audience, our viewers, our listeners, our readers, they emotionally have changed. And we all know that the most persuasive people, we always we always sell to emotion first, then we back it up by logic. I mean, that's, that's standard practice with any direct response a marketer of any kind, right? Online right. marketer, they just, we sell to emotion. And what happened is, you remember, did you ever read that old book, Who Moved My Cheese? Did oh, yeah. you ever see that book? Johnson. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, well, in the last three years, what's happened is all of our cheese got moved. All of our cheese got moved. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, cheese is here. It moved over there. And so yeah. what yeah. we were- people's cheese got shipped far away. Like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like you're- your cheese got shipped to the moon, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk put it on a on a on a on a you know starship and and bolted it. Yeah. So um, Texas. <laughs> all right. So so what I want to do is I want to share with you sort of three new rules. And it's three new rules about how to focus on old things, really. And it comes from this one you know uh, switch that we flipped. So let me hopefully you can see this. If not, what I'll do is I will get a digital version of this. And if you want to share that with any of the listeners or post a link to it, I will, I'll get a digital version of this so that you can see clearly. Um, but I'm just going to diagram a couple of things out really quick so you can see this now. That's great. And I'll come on screen so you can have more of the screen here as well. Yeah. yeah okay, great. Okay. So um, this model came out of that <laughs> super enjoyable experience I had in 2019 trying trying to figure out why everything had shifted so much. And I call this the human persuasion model. And the human persuasion model basically takes a look at what's going on inside of somebody's head. What's the psychology that's happening inside of a human being that gets them to go from, you know, a state of inertia, not doing anything to a state of uh, action, right? That, that's what we do as persuaders, as marketers, as business owners. What we're trying to do is get people to say, hey, you know, you're sitting right here today. You want to move to this new spot or you want to buy a new thing. We're trying to create action. So persuasion is the art of creating action. So how do we do that? So this human persuasion model identifies seven specific elements that need to be in place in order to move someone to take action. I'm going to just, I'm going to bolt through them real quick. And Joe, if you want me to dive deeper into any of these, let me know. But really, I want to get to this center point here 
because this is really our three new areas. And, and I'll show you where people used to focus. And then we'll talk about where we should be focusing in order to create some you know, massive uh, shifts. Now, just so you know, just kind of before I dive into this, to follow up on this, um, we made this change. And let me just give you an update on, on the stats today, okay? So the stats today are um, we put um, all of my campaigns right now, my lowest running campaign is a 306 return on ad spend in 10 minutes. That, that's, so so we, we make an ad spend and 10 minutes later, they, people run through the transaction. We've got over a 300% uh, you know, return on ad spend. And then in a 30-day period, that pushes close to 700%. Wow. Um, it, because, of, because of how we've structured now, there are some funnel elements that go into that and there's some different things, but, but fundamentally it's, we're implementing these strategies, these concepts into our messaging, into the way we communicate, into where we're focusing our attention to create that buying emotion. Okay. So let me walk through it with you. I just wanted to, I just wanted to like show, and I could walk through a bunch of my different clients that I'm working with. And uh, one client we've applied this to, we've taken them from 5 million to 15 million. I can't disclose who they are just because I forgot to get permission before I jumped on the show, but uh, maybe if I get permission later, I'll share it with you. But we've taken them from 5 million to 15 million and, and, and on and on this story goes, there's just a lot of change here. Okay. So here we go. Um, very first thing here is an element that I call the R RAS. And RAS stands for Reticular Activating System. I'm not going to get deep in the psychology of this, but just know that inside of every human being's brain is a segment that determines what you pay attention to. So if you've ever bought a new car, the next day, what happens? Everybody in the world has that same new car, right? Yep, you see the same car. You same see the same car over and over again. Why? The same color, too. Yeah, you're, yeah, same color, same make, same model. You're like, everybody's got this car now. Why? The reason is, is because your brain was activated to start paying attention to that car. You, you spent money on it. You put your family in it. And it's like, oh, this is important. So your brain lit up. Okay. So, so this is important. Now, I, I can tell you that lots and lots of people have in the past spent a lot of time, whether they knew it was the RAS or not, have spent a lot of time focusing on that RAS segment. And, you know, shock and awe packages and trying to grab their attention and getting them to stop scroll and all those kinds of things and really getting in their face, et cetera. That was really a, a, a marketing emphasis on RAS triggers. OK, the second thing here, and I'm going to turn this way and draw it sideways. The second element here is trust. And just, you know, how do we build trust? Do they believe our, you know, whatever it is, solution we're bringing to the table? Do they believe us? Do they know us, like us, trust us, et cetera? And then the next one here is confidence. And confidence is not confidence in yourself, but it's confidence that the buyer has that the solution will work for them. So if we take a very simple thing, we could take this marker here and start applying these principles. We say, okay, um, this marker here, the um, who is this Sharpie company? Sharpie company's got to get my attention and say, hey, this marker is actually important to you because then you can write on this cool big board and you know it's things. And then I can say, well, you know, how do I know that you're actually going to ship it to me? How do I know it's not going to come all dried out? Those are trust questions, right? So I'm going to have trust questions. That's the second conversation that happens inside your head when you're being persuaded. The third one is the confidence questions, like, oh, but. 
you know, will it really work for me? Like I, I, I was once at a, you were actually at this same presentation and we watched somebody try for like five minutes to get the lid off. Do you, do you remember this? We were down yeah. in that. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to get things. So will the marker actually work for me? Right. So can I get the lid off? Uh, you know, is it going to bleed all over me? Like what, will it actually work for me? So confidence that it'll work for me. And then the fourth uh, element on the outside of our framework here is lead is what I call leadership. Okay, so leadership is essentially the idea that nothing happens until a call to action is made or an invitation is made. And, and we know this. Anybody who's done any kind of market, like you could write the most beautiful, like grab their attention. They fall in love with you. They feel like they believe, they know that, that whatever solution you're providing, product, service, idea, they just know it's going to be, you know, they can do it and it can be work for them. And then we all know what, what do most clients and buyers do at that point? Nothing. They sit and they wait. Yeah, they still wait. They hesitate. Right. They're waiting. And so we need to give them a reason to move forward. We need to give them the leadership so that they actually take the action, move forward and do something. OK, now, a lot of these elements here are where most marketers have spent enormous amount of time and money like, OK, let's grab their attention. Let's build trust. Let's get them to believe that this is a good thing for them. Let's do call to actions. Let's stack value. Let's you know all this kind of stuff. Right. So we've seen all this over and over and over again. Yeah. And and um, th this was this was really, again, in 2019, when I was thrown <laughs> Um, money and stuff. The uh, the you know the, I, I was like, look, this is this is like key principles to persuasion that we all talk about. This should work, but it wasn't working. And here's and here's why. The the average consumer, and we could take consumer from um, you know corporate sales levels. So you're doing business to business, corporate executive sales, all the way down to somebody walking into Dollar Tree and getting. Uh, you know, a 50 cent um, overpriced stick of gum, right? So, <laughs> so, a so it's a dollar, it's a, it's a dollar overpriced. Um, and so, so we've seen this everywhere. And what happened is, is those, the buyers, the consumers, whatever we went through, we've gone through, we're in a period of time where we've been blasted by a number of scandals in politics and not just scandals in politics, but major rifts. And I'm going to get into you know sides of the coin here, but major rifts and major problems and major crises. There's a lot of stress. We've been through riots and cities burning down. We've been through a global pandemic where we, you know, not even sure if we can shake people's hands anymore and and, and get within you know a reasonable space of another human being without being you know terrified that we're going to die in the next two weeks. And so we we've gone through all this, and what's happened is enormous amount of fear has set into place. And these three elements in the center of the human persuasion model in the past have all been taken for granted. We just assumed that those things would be in place. And so we focused on the outside of the framework. And, and what I'm telling you today is what I'm seeing is that actually is not working. It's certainly not working the way that it used to. And we have to get back to the fundamentals of the core inside stuff. So let me label these for you real quick. And then I can uh, elaborate on them with a few stories and take some questions. So inside of this, these three circles, these represent core fundamental, what I call prime directives of the human species, right? So, so we all have 
again, back inside of our brain and our lizard brain, we've got these, we've got this, you know, functionality that has a prime directive to make sure three things are always happening and that they're always in place in our life. We do not know human being functions without these three things in place. And again, because, because of our societies and where we used to live, we just take it for granted that, oh, these things were always in place. And so people were fine moving forward in terms of buying from us and working with us and you know trusting us, all those kinds of things. Well, the society has shifted. These three things are not assumed anymore. In fact, all of them are up in the air and we're not sure what to do. And so this has dislocated people's ability to be persuaded. Unless really well put by the way, dislocated their ability. That's <laughs> it really a really good wordsmith there. That's <laughs> right. That's exact that's the best explanation for it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, who moved my cheese, right? It's been missing. Okay. So the first the first prime directive here is what we'll call safety. So they're safe for safety, right? And I'm gonna put it, there it is, right in spelling. I'm a, I'm a writer, not an editor. So safety, and what does safety mean? Safety means I, I'm confident that I can stay at 98.6 and breathing. Literally, that's what safety means. And it, it, all of us have this drive. In fact, the first thing that happens when you meet somebody, number one, you ask yourself, is this person relevant or important to me? But the second, and this is when I say meet people, it's like they see your video, they see your ad, your subject line, whatever it is. This is relevant, important to me. The second thing that it gets asked is, um, <laughs> hey, Brett. And the second thing that gets asked is, okay, will this keep me safe? Now, for vast majority of us, the answer is an immediate yes. You know, it's like, oh, this is no big deal. But if somebody walked into our studio right here, walked into my office right now, brandishing a gun or like a, you know, a, a, a machine gun or something, then I would be in question whether or not I was safe, right? My, I, suddenly a whole different set of thinking would fry up my brain. Well, think about that. Everywhere most people go nowadays, the safety button is being hit over and over and over and over and over and over again. Think about what that does to people's psychology. How much bandwidth do we have to focus on being persuaded when we're constantly in the state of, I don't know if I'm safe, right? Yeah, so important. That's such yeah. an important distinction um, for where you're headed with this. This is so good. Cool, okay. So then that leads to the second prime directive that we all have. And that is growth, okay? So secret number three is growth. And here's what I mean by growth. Um, you know, if we look at we look at horses and dogs and monkeys and, you know, thing, all these different species on the planet have, have basically lived and survived, but, but how much has their society improved, right? How, how much is their how much is their living conditions improved just all by themselves a horse how how much is his condition going to improve it's not at all right even even monkeys as smart as they are how much is their condition going to improve from where they've been for thousands and thousands and thousands of years by contrast look at human beings like we have this in just a compelling compulsion to grow to have better to do different to rise up to become something um, you know, more than what we were before. And that compounds and accelerates on itself because of the principle of standing on the shoulders of giants, right? So we we take value that have been given to other people and we compound it and we accelerate it forward. That's why when you see, <laughs> that's why when you see, um, you know, original, if we go back and look at the, you know, an original iPhone, then we'd all be like, yeah, clunky piece of junk. But when it came out, we were like, oh, mind blowing. 
no way. This is amazing. This is the best thing ever, right? And same thing with cars, same thing with clothes, same thing with, you know, everything that we do, we're constantly as a species pushing the limit because we have this prime directive that we have to grow. Now, how does this show up in marketing? This shows up in sales and marketing in the sense that if you do not satisfy somebody's awareness or knowledge that what you're presenting to them will actually help them do something better, get better, have more safety, have more reach, have more whatever it is that you're offering them. And, and again, you, from business to business circles, to fundraising, to not to uh, uh, you know direct marketing sales, it doesn't matter. If you don't satisfy this question, then it's game over for you. They'll be like, ah, actually I'll pass. I already got that, right? Even, even selling a banana at a grocery store, like we know that that's gonna help us stay alive and grow. So there's, it satisfies the question at a very fundamental prime level. Okay, now. Brilliant. The, the biggest, the biggest one of all, this is, this is the biggest prime directive. So if, if we look at these two things, if you satisfy these two things, the safety and the growth, your marketing will, will do really, really well. Okay. And, I, and I'll give some examples of how this looks here in just a minute. If we had a couple of hours, I'd just go super deep into each one of these things and show you different examples of copies and headlines and all kinds of different stuff because we've tested this over and over again. But in, the, but in the growth department, we come to this, after we've satisfied safety and growth, we come to the last thing. And this last piece of the puzzle is the one that has been disrupted more than anything else on planet Earth. And this is why persuasion is being just hammered. This is why ads are not working. This is why, you know, uh, sales funnel structures and things that we thought in the past were just given that it would work. Why there's so much disruption and why that dislocation of persuasion has actually happened. And that is this. It's a concept that I call belonging. So all of us, and, and by the way, that circles back into here and substantiates it. But so all of us have this fundamental need to want to belong. And what's happened in the world? The world's been locked down. We've been isolated from each other. And we've spent a lot of time connecting through uh, video, but a lot of people haven't. And so, so again, think about what's gone on in society in the last couple of years, even, even before the pandemic. This question of belonging was unsure. So we had people who, let's just talk politics. Let's just get dirty and talk politics. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, let's do it. So so we had people on the left side of the equation, you know, the Democratic or liberal people, or however you wanted to say that. And, and, you know, they have a particular perspective and position that they're fighting for. And then we have this group on the right side that has a, you know, particular you know, thing that they're fighting for that they're really, really concerned at. And then there's a whole populace that's afraid to say, well, I'm on the left or I'm on the right and is sitting in the middle and not quite sure where they stand. And gosh, is Trump right? Or is he really as evil as he sounds? Or maybe, yes, of course he is. Or maybe he's not. Or I don't know. And, you know, and so all of a sudden, our, in the last three, four years, our identity of where we belong politically, socially, emotionally, and relationships has, has had a substantial groundswell. Should we be patriots as a, you know, whatever country, and should we be patriots and waving our flag, or is that bad? Should we be, you know, world people? Or like Everything has shifted and up in the air. We don't know where we're at. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you, and, and again, I'll take questions and we'll, we'll dive into some of this, but if, before I get into any examples and ideas, if you recognize that fundamentally the psychology of persuasion has shifted because people in our world have shifted, we, we don't feel the same way we used to three, four years ago. 
And so the conversations happening inside of our head and the emotions that the, that is generating has all created a whole different landscape. And so a lot of people like to say, well, my Facebook ads aren't doing well anymore because Facebook's evil and they've changed the algorithm and they've messed up my stuff. And I think, well, maybe, but also did you shift with your messaging, right? Did you change how you were helping people feel safe, show growth, have them belong to a tribe and to a community? So in this, you know, I, I'm I'm in a um, private mastermind group. There's six, well, seven of us total with a guy named Brendan Burchard. Maybe you've heard of, some of you guys may have heard of Brendan. And in that, in those circles and other groups that I associate with, I've had conversations with Perry Marshall. If some of you guys might know Perry. Joe and I have had some conversations together. Um, Todd Brown, if anyone knows the marketing guy, Todd Brown. So, so, we, so I've had these different conversations with high-end top players and one of the things that keeps coming up over and over, it's so funny because a lot of even a lot of these guys don't recognize why it's happening, but they're like, oh, look, the thing to do right now is not to sell swag. It's not to sell buttons. It's not even to sell events. The thing to do right now is to sell what? Community. community. It's community, right? It's like, oh, bring them together and do, do shows like this and help them feel connected and do prizes and all these kind of things. Why? Because what we're trying to do there is we're trying to re human beings right now are trying to recapture this because we've lost it. So, so that's one example of how this conversation changes. So instead of in a lot of marketing stuff, promoting the product or the vehicle, or even sometimes the end result, I see the biggest successes promoting the community, promoting you're going to belong, promoting that by belonging, you're going to have large growth. You're going to be connected to other people. They're going to help you through. We're going to band together, et cetera. And, and those kinds of messaging um, are just incredibly powerful in terms of how we start to address and look at our brands, our markets, our target audience, our copy, our content, all those kinds of things. And it's a subtle little difference, but it's very, very powerful. So, so good. This is, you've seen, um, Justin says the cell community, he loves it. Are they, the um, the rise of Facebook groups over the last two years is this, <laughs> and other types of community groups like Mighty Networks and mm -hmm. other platforms that allow you to build these communities. And you know, if you're on this, no matter what type of entrepreneur you are, I know, for instance, Justin has a um, a raw CD, CBD oil mm. uh, e-commerce company, and he's got locations in California. And he's kind of in the midst of starting to build this community now of people yeah. that that follow your message, that follow your differentiation, that subscribe to your philosophies in business. And yeah. if you're a digital marketer or an agency owner, which a lot of my audience uh, is is made up of, right. you can do this for your clients. You can create community groups. I have a one of my students, Josh, who spoke at my event. You might recall. Um, not sure if you were there to see his presentation. Um, his name is Corey and he started a, hmm. uh, Facebook group in Chattanooga, Tennessee for small businesses in Chattanooga, originally just to, um, support and bring the small business community together in Chattanooga. Yeah. That grew in a year's time to, I think now over 15,000 small businesses in Chattanooga of all places. In Chattanooga, right. <laughs> yeah. And then he has taken that to an offline community where he has a, network um, directory site where people can can now hub on that's turned into a significant six-figure recurring business for him. Wow. 
um, from just starting it in the Facebook group, which he has since started that piece. Uh, he was starting it right around the time of my event and it's grown because that's what people are buying into. I think it's such an yeah. important distinction, this third element. They're all so important because yeah. as the as the environment shifted, crisis hits, aspirational marketing is out the window. Gone. Yep. Gone. And this element that you're pointing out of safety and growth to make people feel uh, trusted in your and you and 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 yeah, it's going to get their attention because that's what they're looking for. Yeah, but building that trust and confidence in you starts with that safety and growth component. And then how do you keep them loyal? Somebody wrote, um, "Is this like you know c- customer loyalty?" And it is similar to that. But how do you build a community that makes people want to be loyal? So we'll talk yeah. a little bit about. Yeah, so somebody just wrote Corey's Barnes has grown it to twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand, so cool. Yeah, so cool. But it's that. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's that's that's an amazing, incredible number. But it's not surprising, right? When you look at the human persuasion model and you see the factors going on inside of people's brains, it's like, oh, actually, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because because he's created a new environment where people feel safe and they feel like they can grow and they feel like they belong. And, and then now it's spilling out to the outer spectrum. So now they trust him even more and they have greater confidence and he's providing leadership. And so they're following. It's like a Pied Piper, right? He's playing the music and they're coming. And it's so important that we understand that in every different community. So very, very powerful. And well, the one before, thing I wanna... before we get into some examples, though, yeah. um, Josh, uh, let's do kind of an early reveal. Oh, yeah. Of something you've got coming up that's free. Yeah. That if anyone's been on here watching any piece of this, this is just such a small scratching of the surface of. Um, and why don't you tell them about it? What you've got? What do you? What have you got coming up here at the end of the month? Okay, so so short short story here, and I and I and we'll and come I'll, back and do some examples. So just hang. We'll come on. back and do examples, and then I'll, and then I've got some time to answer questions if anybody's got specific questions. But um, here's a here's a thirty second super personal story. That puts context into what I'm about to tell you. So in uh, 2019, my sister um, walked out of her house. Again, this is, I hope don't freak anybody out here, but my sister walked out of her house, crossed the street, and a reckless driver came around the corner and hit her. And my and she passed away almost instantly. And um, my sister was a hero to me in a lot of different ways. And uh, she she survived cancer. She battled bipolarism and mental health issues her whole life. She was mother to four children in the middle of trying to figure all that out. Um, and so she faced the worst that life had to give in so many, she was suicidal, multiple attempts to take her own life and, and thank heavens, you know, none of those worked out. And And so she was just an incredible example to me of somebody who faced obstacles and persevered anyway. She was constantly serving people. Like she became a therapist and literally helped thousands of people stop smoking, lose weight, fix marriage problems, et cetera. In the midst of her own, like her own storms are swirling and she's she's helping other people. It's just amazing. Well, one of the things that happened before, just not a few months before she passed away, she came out here to Missouri to visit me. And she she wanted to do more for the community. She lived in the Seattle area. She wanted to do more for the community in the Seattle area. And so she applied for 
to, to be the organizer for a TEDx event up there. If you know anything about TEDx, then you can actually send in applications and you can organize a TEDx. If you can show that you've got a good theme and you've got some marketing, you can pull speakers together, et cetera. And so these you know, TEDx local events happen all the time. And my sister, in the middle of all of her crisis and crazy stuff, I got approval to run a TEDx event. She was so excited. She came out to Missouri. She was like, oh, Joshua, you have to help me market this. We're going to find speakers and you're going to be one of the speakers. I mean, she was off the charts excited about it. And I said, that'd be great. Like, what's the theme? And she said, the theme is one thing changed. And and, um, she said, because all the different challenges and difficulties that I've had in my life, I've been so close to losing my life, so close to losing my family. And then one little thing changes and then everything in my life changes and, and I find hope and healing and strength. And she says, I just want to bring that gift to the world. And the idea just caught my imagination. I thought, you know what? Um, that is so true. Like major successes. I began to study uh, super successful people. And I found out that most of them, you know, most success, successful people have one or two significant pivotal events that completely redefine their life. And I'm willing to bet if you think about something that's been, you know, where something changed massively in your life, you'll think back to a time where, oh, that one little thing changed. Um, so after after my sister passed away, um, I went for about a year and I couldn't think about the event for a lot of different reasons. Um, and then about a month and a half ago, almost two months ago now, but about a month ago, um, I was doing my morning routine. So every morning I, I study scriptures, I pray, I meditate, I, I journal and write things down. And as I was doing that, I had this thought come to my mind. So put a summit together, round up the most successful people that you know, um, the, the John Butchers and the Perry Marshalls and the Joe Sotos and, you know, the millionaires and the billionaires that you're so you know connected with and round these guys up and gals and, and uh, ask them, to come and speak. And I was like, I, oh, okay, it's an interesting idea, but what do I speak on? And so I chewed on it and I thought about it and I worked on it for a few days. And um, and again, in the morning when I was sitting there pondering on it, thinking about it, uh, and you, you might think this is hokey and weird, but it's my story, so I get to tell it. <laughs> but uh, I literally heard uh, you know, my, my sister's voice in my head. And she said, the theme of your event needs to be one thing changed. You finish the event for me and uh, bring this to the world. And um, so that's exactly what, that's exactly what I decided to do. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, going into, going into the Christmas time, the holidays, everyone's got their year-end promotions. Like, how am I going to get these major players who are running Black Friday sales and Christmas sales and year-end sales and beginning of the year stuff and all the different things that are going on? How am I going to get them to come and to speak at an event? And how am I going to get them to do it for free as a gift to the world? And, uh, and, I, and I thought it was impossible. I started reaching out and uh, whoa, um, I've been blown away at the generosity of these people. So here's my gift to you guys. My gift to you guys listening is we put this together. It's called the One Thing Change Summit. And uh, you can see down here, there's a link down there, uh, onethingchange.com. That's actually Joe's uh, private link that uh, we got just for him. And so that'll help track. And, and uh, we just, we just want to blow this thing out of the water. We um, so, so to give you an idea, some of the speakers that we've got, Todd Brown, marketing genius. We've got John and Missy Butcher, founders of Lifebook and CEO of Precious Moments. We've got um, 
Uh, you guys, hey, quit posting stuff about my sister, man. I'm already tearing up. So <laughs> um, we have a guy named Mark Ford who uh, started a company called Agora, which is a billion-dollar corporation. Um, we, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on a bunch of things. We've got 20 speakers, uh, all of which are hyper successful, incredibly. Oh, um, a guy, there's the, there's the landing page out there. You can see it. Um, if you scroll down, there's some stuff in there, but, um, there's a guy that not a lot of people know is a guy named, um, Eric. Um, uh, um, oh my goodness. I'm so, I'm totally drawing a blank. I'm all flustered from telling my sister's story. Um, you see, uh, Rich Sheffrin's on there. Um, Brian Kurtz is on, I'm seeing the pictures now. Brian Kurtz is on there. The gal you see right there in the middle, that's a guy named Tatiana Arias. And she is from Colombia. She is the only woman entrepreneur. Actually, I think only person who's launched two, not one, but two one day multi-million dollar uh, product launches in South America with people paying in US dollars. Now, I want you to think about world economy exchange rate. She's she's run multi-million dollar things and she's going to come share her experience with us. Anyway, I, I could go on on. There's incredible Eric Partaker. That's the guy right there. Eric Partaker was CEO of the year in um, Great Britain. He put together the largest um, most exclusive high-end Mexican restaurant chain in the in the UK in England, and uh, so super. I mean, these guys are all just they they have incredible success stories, and uh, I'm interviewing all of them. Again, Joe's going to be one of these guys, and I want to give the gift. And here's here's the gift. I sat down with all these guys, and I'm asking the question: If you could only change one thing to transform your life and your business in 2021, what would it be? And then no comping out with like silly, like how to, but not what to like get to the brass tacks. I want to know exactly how you're going to do it. And, um, and so we're talking about that specific question. You know, if you can only change one thing in your life and it, or one thing to transform your life in 2021 and, um, and create a whole new experience for yourself, what would that thing be? And exactly how would you implement it? And here's what I here's what I hope you'll take away from this. And by the way, go to the site, sign up. Again, it's free. There's no strings attached. All the sessions. It's two days, twenty speakers, and we're just we're just bump. You know, we're just loading this up. You see what we did in the last half hour together? Um, it's like that. Just one thing after another, after another, after another. Major transformational stuff. I'll come on in between each of the speakers do a wrap up, create frameworks for you. And every single speaker, the mandate that I have is that you walk away with step-by-step-by-step action items of what you can actually do to transform your life. And one of these speakers is worth the price of admission. I'm telling you, it's absolutely incredible. So anyway, that's that's pretty good, buddy. I 100% agree. You got an amazing lineup here. This, um, Josh, first of all, is for, for a, for a paid summit, this would be an incredible lineup. Okay. For a summit that someone was charging $10,000 for, this would be a still underpriced summit. I mean, this is most people know many of these people's names, and the ones that you don't know, you want to know. Like Eric Partaker, a lot of people may not know who he is. I happen to know who he is because he was in our mastermind together, is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Brian Kurtz is a OG, <laughs> Rich Jeffrin. They're OGs in the world of internet marketing. And I mean, I've got I've got Brian's book over delivered on my desk right now. You know what I mean? So these Mel Abraham is like the framework formula guy who is the best at it. And you've got the who's who on this list um, and lineup, and you're and you're offering it for free. Yeah. 
And um, I appreciate you doing that. And that's awesome. I'm glad. Thank you for inviting me to be one of your uh, your guests. I can't wait. Yeah. And that's why we're here. So we can share this message and, and this uh, philosophy. So let's let's rewind a little bit yeah. and let's go back to um, Juliana agrees. Yeah. Hey, Juliana. Great lineup. Cool. Dan says, I'm Dan, in. Dan, okay. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> and Justin says, can't wait to see the ripple effect. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be. And awesome. it will be a ripple effect um, from that um, from that uh, event. So let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to your drawing board, literally, of yeah. your safety, growth, um, and belonging. Um, you know, getting the attention, creating trust, creating confidence, and then the leadership component around this framework. I'm not sure if you learned this from Mel, but that's a great framework. Um, but th this, uh, do you give us some examples? It's like some real, um, cause most people think of copywriting and they think of marketing and messaging is, you know, just give me the formula for how to put together a sentence. And it doesn't work like that. What you're seeing here from one of the world's best copywriters on the planet, by the way, people that you think are the best copywriters hire this guy. Um, <laughs> And I'm not joking. You know, the Perry used to, you'd worked for Perry Marshall for several years. Yep. He wrote the book on Google and Facebook advertising. Yep. And you were the secret weapon behind uh, the scenes there with his company and business. And I know you've spoken at his events, but um, they, most people think it's just form, uh, there's a formula and you just follow the formula. And while there are some plug and play templates and formulas, this psychology is game changing for you guys in 2021. If you hit on these three, pieces. So let's talk about some examples. Okay. So let, let me, let me give an example of something that everyone will be familiar with and then we can drill down and talk about some other ones. And if anybody has, if anybody wants me to, to, uh, you know, to, to fly without a net and throw out some ideas to you, if you like, well, how did this fit in my business? Fire a question off because I'm happy to take it. So, um, here's a simple example. I'm going to go back to, cause it's sitting here on my desk. I'm going to go back to the iPhone, um, or the smartphone. Now, Think, so let's think about these elements here of safety, growth, and belonging, and and how Steve Jobs was able to take those core, you know, prime directives and transform it into a whole new, literally transformed our entire life. So think about what happened. Um, if you remember the original, and here's an example of how you combine this in copy and in ads. If you remember the original ads, I wish I had uh, queued up one so I could play it here, but if you remember the original ads for the phone, there was a guy, you know, holding a regular phone and it said, it's a phone. And then somebody was taking a picture and said, it's a camera. And then somebody was working on a computer and it's like, it's a computer. And then somebody was like, so they went through all these different things and then they merged all those together into picture. And then the iPhone was kind of floating in the air. And then it's like, it's all of those. Now, what was happening there? We are all familiar with phones. We're all familiar with MP3 players. We're all familiar with cameras. We're all, so that's the safety component, right? What is the, so you could also label safety as familiar and comfortable. Hey, I know in my target audience, I know this is a message. I know this is an idea. I know this is a product. I know this is an experience that we have in common that we've already successfully navigated or experienced together, right? And so, so Steve said, oh, well, everybody has used a phone, Steve Jobs, everyone's used a phone, everybody's used a computer, everybody's used a MP3 player, everybody's used whatever. And so now we're just pulling these in together, right? So we're pulling all this in together. That's the safety. And then in pulling them together, we're saying, but it's not just all those things. It's all in one singular device 
that you can use to stay connected and to grow and to have better success and to blah, 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 make your life easier, plan all your stuff. And then it goes through. If you remember, it shows a bunch of the things that you can do on there and someone taps through. It's like, oh, it's those things, but in a whole different world, whole different format. And then he created a tribe out of that, right? It became a status symbol. Uh, my son lived down in uh, Brazil for a couple of years and he had an iPhone and he said, you know, he, they had to be careful not to pull out the iPhone because it was such a status symbol. People thought for sure you were richer than rich and would literally, you could get mugged for having a, an iPhone. So he created a whole world of belonging there, right? So that's a very tangible, tactical example. That's how I am for people who have the 12, because I don't have the 12. <laughs> You're like, the 12! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so thank you so that's an example of how like so that's theoretically where you can see that now where we also see this is let's take some plug and play headline templates so you've seen headline uh, or subject line templates that say something like this you know get this result without this pain point okay so right so what we're doing is we're saying hey you can have new results without this negative thing. So what we're doing is we're leading with growth and we're tracking back into the safety net. Um, and you've also seen like, you know, 10,000 people couldn't be wrong. Or there's the old the old headline that says, they laughed um, when I sat down at the piano until I started playing, right? And so what we're doing is we're creating friction inside of the belonging section and a little bit of tension here. And then we're resolving it and saying, oh, actually, uh, it was it was good because I blew them away and then they really liked me. And then I, I had grown from these piano lessons, et cetera. Okay? So you see these different examples in the way that they do it. All right. There's a couple of a couple of questions here. Let me. Um, so how do you see these changes? OK, there it is. Um, love to hear your thoughts on how it applies to the CBD business. So CBD business is an interesting one because. For the most part, this is a whole new realm uh, for the for John Q. Public. This is a new realm of um, uh, you know of alternative health and medicine and healing, etc. Right. And so one of the biggest challenges, <laughs> you guys are you guys are awesome. Sending me free stuff. Okay. So one of the biggest challenges is is that we don't know. So it's a question mark here. And here's the deal: nobody ever lives inside the question mark. We're either safe or unsafe. There's no middle of the ground here for human beings. We, we, in terms of our, and it's, and remember, safety is relative to what your target audience thinks. So in the, in terms of the CBD world, the, the number one thing that you can do is, is you need to connect this back to something that's like something that they already know and that they already track, right? So for example, again, let's go back to the, uh, the phone. And, and, and I don't know this world really well. So we could get into specifics if I, if I gave you a couple of questions. But we'd like, we didn't know what a smartphone was, but we knew what a regular phone was. We knew what a uh, computer was. We knew what a camera was. And so the question that you ask yourself is, CBD and its you know, results and its benefits are like what? And if you say, well, it's like nothing else, it's a miracle thing, it's like there's a, don't go there. You have to find out what's the bridge because you have to satisfy the internal mechanism of, oh, this is safe, I get this, right? And so you have to build that bridge and you can do that through a series of testimonials, your messaging and your branding, but then you have to bring in and say, it's like this, actually, 
but it's much better. It's different. It has, you know, these benefits. It does the et cetera, et cetera. And there's a whole growing community. And then you run a bunch of testimonials. Okay. So you start off with a bridge. You show the new implications and you can do this in headlines, subject lines, uh, you know, a series of emails that you could send out to people, uh, messaging in social media. But you start off right here. Hey, this is like this. And this is how it's different. And this is how you belong to a new community. And if you'll tag that message, it'll be very powerful. Okay. So it's like eating healthy for a month. Okay. Very cool. They're like painkillers. Um, okay. So I'm watching time here. So I'm going to, I'm going to float on to another question. I'm giving you some basic concepts here. How do you see these changes applying to larger B2B companies? So in my experience, um, larger B2B companies, uh, are a bit of anomaly and, and you'd probably know, <laughs> you're welcome, Justin. You'd probably know this better than I would being in that world, but here's what we've seen. Small businesses, consumers, I've all been shut down and are living in panic and fear. Walmart, I think the number that I saw, Walmart online grew last quarter by somewhere in the neighborhood of 600%, right? So there's a lot, there's a lot of companies that, um, that are capitalizing on, we won't get into conspiracy theories right now. We can, if you want to talk conspiracy theories offline with me, we can certainly have to. But, but they still have to, their messaging though, has to still attend to these three things. They have to make people feel, hey, yeah. It's safe to come into Walmart, right? Because right. you know we're, we're a bigger space. You can spread out more. We can spread people out on the aisles, whatever. That they, they yeah. still have to hit mechanisms to make people feel comfortable, and also pivot to, you know, ordering online. You know, yeah. Target. You know, now will have things that say, you know, not available for pickup, but available for online order. Online, right. And there's a couple of bigger retailers and, and businesses, this isn't to B2B, but that are forcing people to do business online. But I think in the B2B sector where where uh, where Brett plays, um, it's no different. They're still having to do, there, there are people doing business with people. Yeah. So so let me, look, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. So going back to that, here's the thing in the B2B space. And that is while the, a lot of the companies have had growth and, and, on the surface, they have not felt like they've been impacted. But what's really happened is, is a lot of their internal players are human beings and you still have contract negotiations going on and you still, you know, and so we've seen even larger companies evaporate overnight with some of this stuff. And so if I'm negotiating a contract, is it really going to be there next day? How's it going to apply? And so in your messaging and your framing, talking about the stability, talking about, you know, how the new economy has changed and talking about how you're creating, you know, a, a tribe of people there. I think there's a lot of implications. And, and Brett, if you wanted, uh, you know, if you got specific with me on a specific company, because it's going to be a company by company basis, um, you know, we can look at that a little bit deeper. But that's really. Brett, I know uh, Brett, who's asking this question. This is also for the listeners listening to this later on a podcast. He, he markets um, very spe a very specific system that incorporates using LinkedIn for business development as well oh. as other other uh, methods yeah, yeah. Um, that that people don't use in conjunction with making LinkedIn business development work. Yeah. And it's the same. It's it's absolutely applies absolutely. to businesses and clients who would buy that because they want to feel like you're the safe bet. Um, yeah. It's going to take care of their business development staff and people and arm them with what um, yeah. they can feel confidence in that can deliver on the business development uh, goal, which now has changed because a lot of these B2Bs no longer can send people out to right. conferences, to 
trade shows and associations and all this for working booths and trade show booths and all this, they're now having to move to virtual and having to deploy online marketing uh, more uh, with, with more flexibility than they've yeah. ever had to before. And with, yeah. and also with more speed because yeah. they're up against the other B2Bs that are trying to figure out this new business development model. And that's where you can come in. And then also, uh, you know, bringing it into this is how they can build their own communities and tribes better is what you're going to be selling, Brett. So this is this is emphasized not just on how you're marketing, but how you can position, how you can help somebody else market because he has an agency, Josh. Yeah, yeah, got it. It's got the agency. Um, I don't know if this is in the in the round, but I'll, I'll tell you another place where I've seen. Um, so some of my clients are in that B2B space and I'll tell you where they've seen sales just be hammered. And that is you take a group of sales guys who are knee-to-knee, toe-to-toe, face-to-face. They're used to reading people's expressions, getting the energy, the vibes, changing up the negotiation on the fly. And now all of a sudden, you and a lot of them are old school, right? And now all of a sudden, you stick them in front of a camera on a, on a Zoom platform or some other you know, video camera, and it's hard to look and you know read the person, and they can turn the camera off, and then sometimes there's you know internet interference, and, and all of a sudden, it's like it messes really, really hard with this concept of safety, like, is this really stable? How do I know to read this person? I'm not sure what that, you know, where, where they're at, where they're coming from. And it changes the dynamics of the whole negotiation and, and helping people understand how to close on camera, body language, tonality, um, and, and using that to hit these key points is really, really important. Are you going to that brilliant insight? I hope everyone was listening. That's really good. Um, so, so Magda wants to know what is confidence for a consumer? Is it knowledge or experience or is it both? So confidence in the consumer right down in this category here, that just basically means that, so we all, we're all going to make a, a promise, right? We're going to say, Hey, if you buy this product, this service, this thing, you can trust me and that this will work for you. It'll help create the results that you're looking for, whatever level that is business, 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 consumer, anywhere in the in thing, we're making a proposition. The proposition will only be accepted if the buyer, in this case, consumer, believes totally that the product service or whatever it is will actually work for them. So so let's say that I was selling a program that taught you how to be the most persuasive writer in the world. I actually have one of those programs, but if I was <laughs> if I was selling a program, you could say, oh, I, I want to be uh, the you know most persuasive writer in the world. I believe Joshua can do it because Corel and Sony and Google and blah, 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 have all hired him and he's run multi-million dollar campaigns. That's great. That's all fine and good for him. Love it. Love you. Wow. And there's no way that I can do it. Like, I'm just not, I just don't, I can't ride. I'm not cut out for that. That person will not buy, right? And so you have to create that confidence for them. So Josh, is this where you would introduce success stories, uh, testimonials? Yes. And case studies and things yes. like this? Yeah, exactly. To build yeah. confidence. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Great. Brett says, cool. thanks. Uh, he's sending you a $10,000 check. Sweet. You'll split with me, thanks, apparently. Brett. We'll split it, baby. All right. We, we, need, we, need five, we need five grand just to take our families to, to dinner, dude. <laughs> yes. No kidding. Hey, Neil's on here. Hey, Neil, how are you, sir? Neil. He says he just got the program. Hopefully, you got signed up on one thing changed because uh, he trusts me. And I appreciate that, Neil. Neil's been, uh, um, been with me for a long time and cool. uh, lo- love his stuff. Okay, let's let's wrap up. 
one final time, give a real quick overview of what the yeah. one change. What what can they what can they not overview of? I think you've gone into the the framework. I don't want to give them anymore for free. My goodness, they can get this. They can go online and get this. But you are giving something big away for free. Let's yeah. summarize what they they're going to get when they sign up for onethingchange.com. Yeah. So when you when you go when you go up there and sign up, you're going to get access to both days and all the all the speakers that are there. And so again, all the uh, frameworks, all the strategies, all the tactics, everything that we're walking through in there. And yeah, I mean, once you so totally free, no strings attached. There are VIP options available. It's a couple of different levels there, depending on how deep you want to play and how much interaction you want to have with myself and some of the other people. But you know, the, the fact is, is the main thing you're going to get is you're going to get a series of some of the best marketers in the world giving you their, not just marketers, but business owners, you know, billionaires, et cetera. They're giving you their personal playbook for 2021. It's like, okay, you know, from what you see right here, what are you going to do to transform your life and your business and have 2021 not be a repeat of 2020 to be way better, completely different? You're getting there for, you know, Mark Ford and Perry Marshalls and Tati's and, and um, Kevin Thompson and uh, you know, Brian Kurtz and Rich Shepard. You're getting their personal playbooks about what specifically they're changing, what they're tweaking, where they're going. Not just the ideas, but also the step-by-step -step process of how they're implementing that, the framework. There's a few people in that lineup. I'm genuinely surprised that I know, I know you know them, but I'm still surprised they're doing it. Oh, um, I mean, Mark Ford, come on. He's yeah. like legendary and everyone in that lineup has learned something from him in one way or the other. Um, I can't wait. So I also, um, you know, I, I, I mean, you're, you're just like you, we, we speak on stages. We're in, we're involved with a lot of different summits and things like this. This is one of those that I'm not, I'm, I can't wait to see what everyone else puts out there because it's, I know it's kind of an in, more of an intimate setting where you're going to be interviewing and these people are going to be delivering this value, but also it's, it's their playbook for 2021 means it's new information. Totally. And, and it's what their intention is and what they're going to be doing and what they would advise you to do yeah. to make the shifts needed in 2021 for your business. You're getting the collective, you know, input from yeah. all these, you know, eight and nine figure coaches. <laughs> I mean, some of them are nine-figure coaches. I know who they are. They are, they are nine-figure nine-figure coaches. Like I don't yeah. know if I'm even, that's even coming out of my mouth. So um, do not miss it. I hope everyone who listens and watches gets signed up for this. It's free, um, and uh, I can't wait to be a part of it. Josh, thanks for coming on here and sharing the new persuasion rules framework with everybody. And I hope everyone watches it again, takes notes. And if you get me a, a PDF snapshot of this model, I'll put it in the comments so everybody can have it. Uh, in, in the groups and the streams. And I'll also put it in the show notes for if you're listening to the podcast, by the time you listen to this, it might still be there. It might be there in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on here, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, uh, see everybody later. And I want to challenge everyone, as you can see here, Josh too is not average. And I'm going <laughs> to challenge everyone to uh, go beyond being average in 2021. Get signed up for the one thing changed.com for the summit. And I'll see everybody there. Goodbye, everyone. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto. 